0: Welcome to the Hustle Class Podcast. We have a quick disclaimer. All material presented within Hustle Class LLC is not investment advice, but for educational purposes only. Trading involves risk and you are solely responsible for your investment decisions and assume the entire risk of any trading you choose to undertake. Owners of Hustle Class LLC and its representatives are not registered as security broker-dealers or investment advisors, either with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or with any state securities regulatory authority. Please utilize a registered investment or financial advisor to make any financial decisions. If you choose to invest without seeking advice from such an advisor or entity, then any consequences resulting from your investments are your sole responsibility. By utilizing Hustle Class LLC in our content, you are indicating your consent and agreement to our disclaimer.
1: Welcome to the
0: Hustle Class Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. It is your boy Jermaine and I am back at it again with another one. You already know how we do up in here. This is the Hustle Class Podcast where you can come and learn for free. All the free game in the world. I mean, we talking stocks, we're talking NFTs, we're talking crypto, we're talking real estate, we're talking budgeting, we're talking saving, we're talking stacking, we're talking health, we're talking wealth. This is the Hustle Class Podcast. You already know how we give it up. And how we usually start our podcast is, you know, I go to the hustle playlist, I grab a song off of it, and then I give you some of the words from the song. So today, the song that we focused on is Rosé Cleek by Nipsey Hustle. right? He says, I'm way out of your league, so please excuse my ego. Diamonds on my Cuban link, my Rolex presidential, penthouses and beach homes, Perrier and Patron. Told you before about this baller-ish I be young whew bars come on nip so you see the reason why i chose this song today i already know a lot of y'all got y'all tax returns a lot of y'all waiting on them i know some of y'all got that bonus from work some of y'all got that raise at the top of the year and y'all trying to splurge so i just had to give y'all some of nip splurging you feel me the diamonds on the cuban link you know the rolex the presidential you know, penthouses, mm, beach homes, mm, patron. You already know, man, we ball. Right? But you know, don't forget, sometimes if you ballin' out and you just throwing away your money like that, you know, you lacking. And if you lacking you slackin'. And if you slackin' you ain't stacking. And it's about stacking now and ballin' later. So don't forget that you gotta stack now. Alright? Alright. So, you know, like I said, I'm Jermaine. I've been getting to a bag. You know, it's been a it's been a crazy new year. Um, you know, I ended last year, you know, kind of in a tight spot because, you know, I had to make some big moves and, you know, what I'm saying cop some you know, cop a little crib or whatever, you know, for the real estate play. And, you know, I copped the real estate play. You know, like anything, sometimes when you first make an investment, you'll be down. But you want to buy an investment when you when it's red because, you know, then all you really have is upside, right? So you want to buy the dips. That's what they mean by buy the dip. I got the home at a discount. You know, I finessed. And here we are today, right? On our way to equity. Let's go. I hope everybody's motivated to do the same. Interest rates are rising. They're still not too bad. If you have the opportunity to stack and create a home or to not create a home well some of y'all gonna create a home but to buy a home you know what i'm saying i have an episode that you know two episodes that are titled so you want to buy a home part one and part two i suggest y'all tune in y'all tap in and y'all take that information and y'all execute on it and i'm sure that the results of that are going to be magnificent to say the least all right bet so today right and this is how i know i'm a genius right (laughs) not to toot my own horn or anything so i was sitting down and i was thinking to myself hmm tesla already split their stock they're gonna split it again everybody's been waiting on amazon and google to split their stock for ages and they're now splitting their stock but the state of the market isn't so good and The interest rates are rising and, you know, things aren't looking too good from an economic standpoint. So why is all of this happening? Not to say that anything is a product of causation, but sometimes correlation can tell us a story. You feel me? So I began doing my research online. I was like, what do stock splits have to do with rising interest rates? And every single article is weaving and bobbing, weaving and bobbing. I can tell that they don't want your boy to know this information. I can tell. You can tell when somebody doesn't want you to know information by how hard it is for you to find that information. If it's so difficult for you to find that information, you know what I'm saying? They're probably trying to, you know, set you up in a way where, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to be able to, you know, you're not going to be able to um, capitalize on that information, right? Because, you know, silence. Is you know uh, one of the biggest indicators that happen in the stock market. People tell you about technical indicators. People tell you about you know um, non-technical indicators. You know like fundamental indicators. Cool, cool, cool. That's all fine and dandy, but you know when a stock is moving, or you know company has a lot of potential, they're in profit, they're doing a lot of great things, and it's the news is quiet about them. Yeah, that's where somebody like me steps in because that's opportunity. Right. Because the same way you wait in for, you know, a dying stock to wake up and crank up. I mean, silence is a, you know, is a place where you can buy. And then once the talking and, you know, the buzz starts happening, everything on that upside, you're a part of because you got it while everybody was quiet about it. Right. So I couldn't find a single article on that. But then guess who had an article? Black Rock. Now, some of y'all might be like, who's Black Rock? I don't know what BlackRock is, you know what I'm saying? And I don't blame you, right? But BlackRock, right, is an American multinational investment management corporation based in New York City, right? And they're the world's largest asset manager with $10 trillion in assets under management as of the top of the year, January 2022, right? So I'm looking all over the internet for articles about stock splits and how they correlate or relate to um interest rates rising. And the only place I find it is on some page five or four in Google on um, BlackRock's website because somebody, you know, musted up the courage to put an article out on it, which was great. So I read it, you know, like the scholarly man I am, and I got that free game. So this is what I have to say about stock splits, right? Because, you know, everybody wants to buy a stock when it's splitting, right? Because the rush after the split is going to drive the price up, as a lot of us assume. There's no set assumption. But that's how we usually act, you know, because stocks is all about human psychology and how we move, right? So when companies try to split their stocks, right, what happens is in the case of, say, you know, Tesla, Amazon, Google, these companies have stock prices that to our eyes look so astronomical that we don't want to buy a share. Who wants to pay $3,000 for a share of Amazon when you can buy Neo for $30 or $20, right? Who wants to spend almost $1,000 on a share of Tesla when you can just spend that one whatever on Apple, right? So these companies like to perform stock splits to make the price of the stock more attractive for retail investors. Now, where sometimes people get this messed up is they think when a stock splits, the stock is cheaper. No, the stock isn't cheaper. It's just divvied up more. For example, just because I break a dollar down into four quarters, I mean, you can say, oh, now I have four. But you don't have four more dollars. You just have four quarters. So you have more. But as you add them together, it still equals the same whole. And that is why a stock split does not change the underlying value of any of the stocks. Right. So take that in. Right. Take that in. I know it's a lot to, you know, take in, but just play it back. Listen to it. You'll understand it. Trust me. A stock splitting is the same as splitting your dollar bill at your bank for four quarters. Sure. Now you have four, but you have four what quarters, not four more dollars, Four quarters, which still make the one hole. You just have more of a quantity, right? So, but that makes it more attractive for retail investors nonetheless because some people are not attracted to value, they're attracted to quantity, right? This is psychology here, people. So, that's why they do that, right? And, you know, why people might want to make a stock split happen, right? In a time of tumultuous market activity like what we're experiencing now is potentially because right when things get bad and stocks drop right if you don't dilute your shares and break them up into more your drops are going to be more devastating right like for example it's a lot easier for me to lose a dollar than it is for me to lose all four quarters that's the analogy because I have four of them So I might lose one or two, but I might still have two or three left, right, in terms of quantity, right? But like I said, some people are attracted to quantity, so they don't really understand because, you know, if a stock drops 10%, it's relative. Like maybe it didn't drop that much because the stock had split, but the value, right, if you're looking at it even from a a market capitalization standpoint, it's still reduced the same. It just didn't look as bad because the stock had split, and now it's more diluted, so the moves don't really, it don't move up too much, it don't move down too much, right? And this is something that we call liquidity, because when they split the stock, they basically increase the liquidity of the stock, meaning it's now divvied up more, so it's more easy to transact, you know what I'm saying? It's easier for me to split the four quarters four ways than it's for me to, you know, tear up my dollar, (laughs) Right. So when you do the stock split, it increases liquidity, makes it easier to transact because there's more to go around. And when there's more to go around, there's also lower volatility. And if there's lower volatility, that basically means that the stock price isn't easily manipulated at that point. So if we do fall on tough times or extremely good times, the stock price won't really be too affected by that. It kind of dilutes it. Right. So now, as I kind of talked about, right, rising interest rates mean that a lot of people are need, going to need to hold their cash more because everything around them is getting more expensive. Inflation. Cool. Now, because that's the case, people are looking to take their money out of certain stocks, right? If people are going to take their, their money out of the Teslas, the Googles, and the Amazons, because those are... Have not they? They haven't diluted yet. That's gonna draw the stock price down tremendously. So when they do the stock split and they perform that dilution, their stock price won't drop that much after that. If people do decide to sell because times are indeed rough, that is what I figured out and read is the correlation at times, right? Because you know this is just me doing my research. Nobody has an article on it because nobody want to put that out there. But you know I'm a boss, so I, I did it. But that is the correlation I see between the stock splits. Like, what? Like, why is everybody splitting their stocks at the same time? The stock splits and rising interest rates, because for me, it didn't make sense. We're not in a good time economically, so why do you want to split your stock? To encourage more investors, you know, because they want to increase that liquidity. And you know another thing about liquidity that I just thought about? Oh, this is sweet. Liquidity is a nice way to provide other investors who are already invested to exit their positions. I just thought about that. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Somebody said, you know, one thing you have to think about when you're buying a home is somebody, whoever's selling it to you, they're using you as their exit, right? You're, you're entering, but they're using you as their exit. You've provided them with liquidity to exit their position in whatever home they bought. Same applies to stocks. So when a stock split occurs, Sometimes people are looking at that as, okay. now we're going to get an influx of new investors because they think the price is cheaper when we just divvy it up. And now because we know we're under hard times and hard times are even closer to coming, we can exit our positions and keep all that cash while they tumble and deal with the downturn that's about to happen. Boom. Voila. Magic. (laughs) So that's, you know, something to think about. And so you're thinking to me, Jermaine Dang. So you're saying that these stock splits happen because there's going to be an economic downturn that's coming soon, and the big hedge funds and the big money makers are trying to liquidate their positions. That's just my theory. You know, another thing to consider is there's something called a yield curve, right? Which basically tracks, on average, we'll say the two-year um, bond and the ten-year bond, right? And this tracks, you know, seeing whether or not the two years above the ten or the ten is above the two, right? Basically it's actually not inverted one went under the other that wasn't supposed to be under the other and the one that went under the other which i don't really know because i get mixed up with the 10 and the two all the time i need to do more yield curve research but basically what occurred exactly today right march 29th what occurred today is the yield curve inverted meaning the the bond um, year right the 10 of the two which usually tracks on top swapped and is now under and is tracking under something once that occurs right for the last 50 years that's usually the sign of a recession over the last 50 years it's proven true meaning if 50 years is telling us what's about to happen we're about to hit a recession right right Keep in mind, the last time the yield curve did this action that I'm talking about was August 2019. What happened six months later? Economic shutdown. Pandemic. Nobody knew the pandemic was going to come, but an economic shutdown was expected. So when the pandemic happened, everybody doing their, you know, BlackRock and Co., doing their analysis. Oh, we're dumping everything. And then they bought at the bottom. What is six months from now? September. What is September traditionally? One of the worst months in the stock market. Coincidence? I think not. So <laughs> the next six months are going to be quite telling. And that's just, you know, it's an estimation, you know, six to 18 months until a recession. We'll see where it falls in there. But this is a very, very crucial moment in history. This is a moment where a lot of us who are in this game and who have been stacking our bread and who didn't just ball out on our, <laughs> on our tax refunds and our bonuses. And we kept them. We are going to be at such an advantage when this second downturn happens because after this, I mean, ain't no telling. I think 2024 is going to be a great year for all markets. That's just my opinion. Because of how 2020 ended up being for all markets, right? Crypto, stocks, real estate, you name it. At least towards the end of the year, right? heading into 2021. So in my head, six to 18 months could be a little scary because six to 18 months after the last yield curve inversion was the pandemic, which sent the market down several percentage points and proved to be an opportunity for a lot of people to get in really, really cheap. You know, I myself saw CrowdStrike go from like $80 to $50 and then go back up to almost $300, if not $300. And that's just a small example of everything that was happening around. We saw Tesla go crazy. We even saw GameStop go crazy. We've seen it. We saw it all happen in front of our eyes, right? And last time the yield curve was inverted, it took six months, right, from August to February slash March, and then everything went down. So... Now that the yield curve inversion happened March 29th, by September, October, we may have another downturn. Simply, we just might. Or it could prolong and it could last, you know, maybe it'll happen within the next 18 months, if not six. Cool. And so this is information that I stumbled upon while doing my research because I was like... Ain't no way everybody's trying to split their stocks now. But now it makes sense because they're going to be using everybody for liquidity. And they're going to be using you to get out of their positions and run helter-skelter, run different directions. And then when things tank, they're going to be back there to pick up the pieces and buy the dips because everybody else has paper hands. You buy low, it goes lower, you sell. And they buy it dirt cheap. They use you for liquidity first of all. Then when it went lower, they bought in again. Because you, (laughs) I mean, just it's crazy. Imagine buying a home. Um, you know, and selling it for cheaper to the person who who just who just bought it from for more money. I bought, let's say, I bought a home for four hundred thousand, and I sold it back to the person I bought it for for four hundred thousand for three fifty thousand, and then the price shoots back up to like four fifty k. That's kind of what happens in the stock market a lot, because people don't wait for these low price targets to hit or the support levels on these stock prices to hit, and then they sell. And they're also not buying at good prices because everybody's gonna, nobody's really thinking about this yield curve inversion or six to 18 months out for a recession or what is the reason why all these stocks are splitting at the same time? What does that mean for, you know, big, huge hedge funds? And what does that mean for us and why now? And how does that relate to rising interest rates and inflation? And, you know, I mean, but my mind works a crazy way. So, with that being said, I feel like I've given crazy game crazy game today so you know i'll keep it short sweet and simple and i would like to encourage everybody you know that these next months are going to be crazy so kind of like i said how there's a predicted recession you know probably going into the year 2023 i also predicted that bitcoin and all crypto would kind of see a slump in 2023 because i mean it's been bitcoin and all the other cryptos have had a lot of momentum since 2020 The next halving event for Bitcoin itself, which makes up most of the crypto market, is going to be in 2024. It can't be hot forever. It has to have a cooling off period. And usually Bitcoin cools off a lot, most most frequently by like 80%. It hasn't had an 80% drawdown yet. That's going to be in like the 20Ks, maybe like the sub-20Ks. So I'm just waiting. 2023 is, is the year of buying for me. I'll be buying a lot. Everything I can get my hands on a buying. You feel me? Because 2024 is going to be the next halving of Bitcoin, which will see Bitcoin reach a new level of scarcity, which should impact the price heavily. By 2023, hopefully, Ethereum 2.0 will be out and Ethereum will be able to move and change from, you know, proof of whatever to proof of whatever. And then that will also affect it. And then Ethereum might even be able to work on their gas fees as well in the year 2023 so 2024 could be really 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 dangerous and i'm a dangerous man so i will be stacking and stacking and stacking and waiting on my opportunity to get assets at the best points right if everything is converging on 2023 as being a bad year for markets or at least the end of 2022 into 2023 2024 is going to be it's going to be something to watch And I'll be right there with y'all, stacking up this paper and getting to this bag. This has been the Hustle Class Podcast. I appreciate y'all tuning in and I'll catch y'all next month. Bye.